Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ballhawks podcast. This is our second live episode here on the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, I'm your host this evening. You can find me on Twitter, as you can see on, I'm guessing it's your screen right as well, at uh, SSFisher87. Um, and hey, we actually started talking on time this uh this episode so we're we're, was, we're doing better things already yeah there there is no uh oh crap we're live <laughs> moment this week so uh let's you figure know, it out quickly got through those growing pains uh pretty quickly hopefully <laughs> yeah uh we're on episode 31 here so obviously we have a seahawks fan here so i had to call it the bam bam episode and just as fitting, I am joined by my co-host, Chris Barney Rubble Phillips this evening. What's happening, dude? You're, no, you're not yelling anymore. That's good. Oh, gee, Fred, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got one. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> There's a first for everything. Even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Uh, Ballhawks po- podcast live once again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed to go well last week, even with our technical issues. Um, that we figured, hey, why not do this again? And for anyone who's missing missing the live stream tonight, don't worry. The show will still come out in its regular podcast format tomorrow. Um, we are, of course, uh, you know, proud to uh, you know be part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, we are streaming live on the Dean Blundell Network Twitter account right now. Uh, you can find us over there. We're retweeting the stream as well. So wherever you want to find us, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Yeah, we we have some wild, wild stuff to talk about. Like, I feel like we're in the Wild West right now. Um, let, let's just jump right in because I have never seen a week of football with as crazy special teams implications in games. Like, none other. And obviously, got my Ravens gear on, but I'm, I'm withholding all of my positive energy and trying not to talk about that one. Um, The first one we have on the special teams mayhem is Dustin Hopkins recovers his own kickoff. Now you're thinking to yourself, if you didn't watch the game, you're like, Oh, big deal. Recovered an onside kick. No, 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 no. He kicked this thing way, way back as a regular kickoff um chris is just gonna be pulling up the video here um and some really really odd bounces before it comes back into dustin hopkins hands so obviously he's the kicker for washington it gets botched there's a fumble there's a pop and it goes right into dustin hopkins 
hands. Yeah, and it looks like it, like it hits the 15 yard line. It bounces straight up in the air. One of the uh, Washington football team players runs like right past it. Yeah. But in doing so, it kind of like pops it backwards right towards the kicker. Oh, here's a, a different this angle. This is the good angle here. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 47 misses it. And then it hits the Bills player and right into the kicker's hands. <laughs> right into Dustin Hopkins' hands. Like I have never seen anything as weird as that. Like just, you know, you could kick a million kicks and never have that happen again. Um, can you ever remember a time in all of your football watching that the kicker on like a legitimate kickoff recovers his own kickoff? No, I mean, it, I'm sure it's exactly how uh riverboat Ron drew it up. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I mean, there's like, you see the, the, the kicker recover, like the odd, uh, you know, kind of surprise onside kick. Uh, even that's super few and far between um i think i've maybe done what dustin hopkins did today i think i've maybe done that in madden once before uh <laughs> and you're like and oh I, my gosh some something glitched out and i recovered my own kick with my kicker nope. and that's exactly what happened i I'll, I'll, I'll i think i was actually playing against a buddy of mine and it i kicked off the ball rolled or whatever it like rolled right into the, like the front corner of the end zone and he literally could not pick up the ball <laughs> <laughs> he would he would get like so many different players over to go and try to pick up the ball could not pick up the ball and then i just ran in and picked it up and scored a touchdown so with your great. kicker uh i can't remember if it was the kicker that recovered it but oh. it was uh it was a classic madden glitch for sure yeah that that's like the most frustrating thing gaming when you know the system is not working how it should and you're like come on, I'm standing right over top of the ball. Why is nobody picking this up? Like, is there Crisco covered in this ball? Like, what what's going on here? Uh, it was, uh, my buddy definitely wanted to, uh, if I remember correctly, he wanted to quit and start over. And I was like, nope, nope. let's just roll with it. Nope. <laughs> That's a free six for me, bud. <laughs> Don't worry, that touchdown won't make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I won by six. Perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so just when you think things couldn't get crazier. And these, by the way, this is all in the morning games that we're talking about here so far. Hey, um, we said this episode is the special teams mayhem. And the special we teams we, mayhem. We, we weren't kidding, guys. Yeah, we're, we're more than just uh, a couple casual NFL fans. We talk special teams on this podcast. Kickers matter. Kickers definitely matter today. That's for for damn sure. Um, so before the Ravens, you know, end of their game, uh, Jacksonville, Arizona. I, I can't even remember who the coach for Arizona is. Is it Kingsbury? Kingsbury? Yeah. yeah. Um, he sends his kicker out there to attempt a 68 yarder, which is. I don't know who their kicker is. I probably should have done a little homework before this. Uh, attempts a 68-yard field goal, only to come up short. Okay, fair enough. Comes up short. Um, and then Jamal Agnew thinks, I got this. Like, I, I'm what? going for it. I'm 109 yards to the house. Oh, why did they restart there? Oh, never mind. Gives yeah, a little like, bit of prime time into the end zone there, too. I mean, I guess I can understand Kingsbury's thought process is like, there's no time left on the clock. Right. 
just why not try the kick and you know worst case scenario it we don't make it right <laughs> you were wrong cliff kingsbury that was not the worst case scenario <laughs> but like, that's the thing is like why try like a stupid 68 yard field goal when you could just send out your your uh your punter and just pooch punt it or send out your offense and throw a hail mary like there's just so there's other options right then i mean now we weren't we crapping on Jamal Agnew like in one of our early episodes being like, what the hell were the Jaguars thinking paying this guy that much? Like, what is he a DB, a wide receiver, like paying a special teamers? Uh, what was it like four and a half million dollars a year? I like say it was like seven. Yeah. It's like, you're stupid. You're, you're desperate. And I guess, uh, you know, Tony Khan's got this, uh, this one on us at least. Now, when you're watching the replay, I know you're saying like why why kick that one out, but to be honest, he doesn't miss by a ton. Like he's he's well short, but it's not like he you know barely makes the end zone or anything like that. He's probably like five yards short, maybe. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to tell on that on that front angle, but yeah, you got to be thinking the worst case scenario is um, guy grabs the ball tries to run it out or maybe he just takes a knee even if he tries running it out maybe he gets tackled uh, but we definitely were laughing at the Jacksonville Jaguars for signing Jamal Agnew for that much money um, and I still stand by it just because he scores them one touchdown uh, does doesn't change anything for me but you know a little retribution for him and uh, an absolute wild play you know Attempting a 60. I, I can't remember the last time I actually saw somebody attempt a 68 yarder or if I've ever seen it. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe someone in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I'm guessing something happened in the Sunday night football game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're, yeah. we are uh, in the middle of, or I should say at the end of the game right now. Yeah. Uh, the Niners just scored a touchdown with what looks like, I think, 37 seconds left. Um, if they kick the, if they hit the extra point here, they go up by one. Wow. And the Packers have no timeouts. Wow. Yeah. Niners up 28, 27, 37 seconds left. Crazy. You know what I always say? If you're down by one point and you have about a minute left to go, uh, with no timeouts, just make sure you have Lamar Jackson and make sure you have Justin Tucker. It's, and just make sure you have the refs in your back pocket to not call you for delay of game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chris is referring to. Okay, I'll 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 address what we talked about there. So there was there was a play that the broadcast. It looks like the Ravens get away with a delay of game uh, penalty on the last the the throwaway play before Justin Tucker comes out to attempt the sixty six yarder. And, uh, you know, you, you tagged our, our buddy Andrew in it, who we no. had on the show, who's a Lions fan. And I think Andrew sent it to me. Oh, okay. He sent it to you. Yeah. And my only thing with that is, um, they may have missed the call. I don't know. Uh, but everybody who has ever watched football in sports knows that the broadcast ticker is not the official ticker. So if you can find a replay of it where it shows the official time, uh, I'll, I'll concede that we got away with one 
because it you just don't know but it uh yeah so you Let's can watch see it here, here. This so okay time runs out it's at least out. two like, seconds before he snaps the ball eh, it's like a it's like a second. it's at least two seconds okay um so according but, to the broadcast the ravens get away with one essentially yeah and that and you you aren't wrong it, yeah. it, it is you know just the the broadcast clock it's not the actual game clock i mean i'm sure that that's going to come out and We'll, we'll see what actually happened there. And cause, I mean, there's a lot of times where it's like a half a second or a one second where like the refs kind of give them a bit of a break, but yeah. that, that one seemed a little like longer than, than usual. Yeah. It's almost like maybe the broadcast and the, the official one in house are off by a tiny bit. Plus, like you said, the refs give that kind of half second delay. So it looks worse. Um, but yeah, the, the truth will come out. It always does. Someone will find a replay of it somehow. Someone must have been filming that, right? There's so many angles of Justin Tucker's kick. I, I would be surprised if they weren't. It wasn't the kick. It was the play before the kick, right? And right, for sure, someone's filming it. it NFL films will will have yep. the you know the, the the proper footage of it. I, I guess if you want to call it that or whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Before I get into the some Raven stuff, uh, two really big notice notable losses this week. Uh, we have Kansas City losing earlier in the day to the Chargers, and I think they were the afternoon game. The Bucks losing to uh, the LA Rams. So a good day for LA football today, taking out two juggernauts. The 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 last Super Bowl contending teams. Um, just in your opinion, which one's a bigger loss? Kansas City. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, the AFC is tough. The AFC is a really really tough, like top loaded um, division or conference. And and to see to have the Chiefs lose that game. Um, it, it, that, it's a big loss. I mean, the, the Buccaneers, I think they got into the playoffs as a wildcard team last year, didn't they? Like, so I don't think the Bucks loss is as big or as, you know, detrimental. Um, and what the chiefs are, what now one and two or, chiefs are one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So th- that's a big hole to dig themselves out of, uh, dig themselves out of when uh, they also have to go up against, you know, the Ravens, the bills, the, it, uh, the Browns, right? Like yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. It ooh, uh, Packers are trying a 51 yard field goal attempt here right now to try to win the game. Cause of yeah, course yeah. Rogers gets them in field goal position. Right. And um, this is a special yeah. teams week. So something crazy. Here's my like hot take. Something crazy is going to happen right now. Of course. Why I, I really right? wanted to see the uh, classic Aaron Rodgers hail Mary. Right. Um, Cause just, nobody just, chucks that like, teardrop better than a rod no okay russ is a close second don't get your panties in a knot like he a very close second but Uh, nobody throws the teardrop like aaron aaron Rodgers throws a better teardrop russ throws a better moon ball can we say can we say that what's the moon ball like (laughs) it's potato potato i'm just just trying to pump up my guy (laughs) give him something please please dad um, yeah, I kind of looked at those two losses. Like, obviously, everybody's making a big deal of KC. The fact that they are starting one and two is is big. Um, I think you. Oh, 
they got it. The Packers win. Packers win. Um, and, and sorry, that's the other reason why I would say, uh, sorry, before you continue there, the other reason the Chiefs lost was more detrimental. They lost to a division rival. The Bucks lost True. to the Rams, which sure could cost them at the end of the year for like Conference first stuff. overall seeding or what have you. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to cost them in their own division. They didn't lose to an NFC South team t- today. Right. So obviously we're, you know, the Chiefs starting out one and two. That's very unchief. Like, you know, last week was the first September loss of Mahomes' career. You think he's going to bounce back because he doesn't lose in September. Then he loses a second straight one. Uh, obviously, the Bucks are. They're two and one, but the Panthers look for real. The Panthers are three and oh, the Saints are two and one. I just see maybe that game coming back to have bigger implications than what we're thinking of because they already have two wins. But I will agree with you that the Chiefs, that is way more catastrophic for them because the Raiders have won, because they lost to a division rival who now leapfrogged them, because the Broncos are 3-0 and as well. That yeah. division is stacked top to bottom, and who would have thought? That was like the joke of the AFC last year, and you've got two undefeated teams, and the the former, you know, AFC number one seed is now on the bottom looking up. And their coach is clearly going through some health stuff. I don't know if you saw that, but Andy Reid had to be, you know, taken to the hospital. Uh, in an, sound in like, an ambulance. Yeah, it sounded like he was feeling ill. So uh, wishing Coach Reid the best. But when it rains, it pours, right? You're, you know, you're losing. You're losing in September with Mahomes for the first time. Your health is is falling. Um, I, I agree. It might be one of the bigger losses maybe of the whole year so far, actually. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of, I'm going first because I'm a little more jacked up than Eeyore on my screen left here. Baltimore Ravens. Right. But because I, I, I didn't ask you before we got into it because you just jumped right into the football. Okay. How's your Sunday, Steve? Oh, Sunday is always good. You know, yeah. play a little baseball. Nice. I, I heard uh, I heard you almost hit a home run. Well, I <laughs> it's like it's like the home run, but it has like the asterisk beside it in the scorecard. So I did hit a walk off home run that did not leave the park. OK, so you <laughs> the you little league hit, hit a moon ball to uh, noodle arm in center field and uh, you were just faster than he was able to get it back to home plate. So. I, I it's it's so funny. I'm so competitive. I've been thinking about this, uh, you know, since I missed the shot. But if I could have that pitch back, man, do I want it back? Because I kind of got a hold of it, but I was a little too uh, late on it. And I hit it to dead center and basically hit the top of the wall with like eight inches to go. So it kind of bounced away from the center fielder who was kind of thinking it was going over as well. Um, and of course, I'm super fast. We all know that from our combine experience. And it uh, I don't recall seeing any videos of you being fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, aren't, we, aren't we all good, like solid, like eight inches short, though? Like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> here we go. 
This is a totally different podcast now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Kids earmuffs quickly. Uh, how was your Sunday? Can't complain. Um, my daughter started swimming lessons again today. Nice. Uh, you know, just normal Sunday. Like she went to swimming lessons. I went grocery shopping. Uh, Olivia had her best friend over today and they had a play date. And uh, it was funny when, when uh, her friend was being dropped off. Her mom was like, oh, so like, what time should I come back and pick her up? I was like, I don't know, like between like three or four. I was like, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just going to be watching the football game anyways. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to let the girls run around and do their thing and, and play and have fun. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch the football game. And after the mom left, I was like, should I have said that I'm not really going to be paying attention to the kids? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Nadine's here. doesn't matter. Yeah. Drop your kid <laughs> um, off, but I'm gonna be kind of busy with some stuff yeah super super important so you know it's it's the podcast calls for me to have to watch football right. sorry it's just it's just business it's part of the job. um weird question for you weird answer maybe do you ever have you or do you or have you ever blow dried your daughter's hair yes is it not like super soothing no Really, I, I I helped Olivia with the with her shower tonight, and afterwards, like her hair soaking wet. It's just like, kid, kid, let, let's go blow dry your hair. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because like I enjoy like the extra like five minutes that it takes of you know just daddy daughter time where I'm brushing her hair and, and blow drying. Um, but I, I I don't know, I enjoyed that moment with her tonight for sure. I find it more soothing to brush the hair. Okay. And See, I, I, I was brushing while blow drying, so maybe okay. that was why. But yeah, it, like I've done it a few times. Obviously, I've got longer hair, and I, I cut my hair once a year, so it it, it gets fairly long. Um, and at least once a year, I have students of mine who are like, "Oh, you should, you know, straighten your hair," and they think it's just like this wild thing. And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> it's no different." And because my hair is so thick, it takes so long. I've grown to really hate blow drying it because um, obviously you have to have it clean and stuff like that. So I, I really despise blow drying and, and doing that part of it. Just stick it up in a bun and call it a day. Call it a day. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Anyways, let, let's hear about your Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens going to Detroit. Uh, last time they were there, I was telling Alyssa about this, my wife. Uh, last time they were there in Detroit, there was the famous Justin Tucker 61-yard field goal. He kicks it as time's expiring. Uh, it goes just in the bottom right-hand corner to seal a Ravens win. And it's the iconic sort of, you can see the, the Lions sideline and, uh, you know, Coach and Megatron and everyone are just like hands on their head, like in disbelief. And uh, Justin Tucker woke up this morning feeling dangerous and he said, hold my beer to everyone and set a new NFL record for the longest kick. I believe the old record was 63 yards, um, but he doesn't just do it in any old fashion. He has to take years off of my life. Kick goes up. Oh, my gosh. Time. Doink. And then. Oh. I uh, that kick took so long to go in in real time. So 
I'm getting ready to go to baseball, right? You know, we played at two o'clock, so I got, I, I'm picking our buddy Ted up, and um, kick goes up. I'm looking at it. Uh, I think, oh, has a chance. Oh, as soon as it hits, like anytime it hits the crossbar, you just, you assume the worst, right? Totally. And then when the refs throw their hands up, I was just like, oh my gosh. And like just screamed out of nowhere because I was like frozen watching it. And of course, I feel super horrible because my daughter's sitting right beside me, you know, playing with horses. <laughs> and I scream so, so, so loud. And she like goes running off into the corner crying because I've just, you know, scared her unintentionally and I'm trying to celebrate the win but also be like I'm so sorry but I don't care we won look like and of course she doesn't care about the win um but my, literally my the kids are so thing. funny when, when I watch the Seahawks game and the Seahawks score a touchdown I you know my kids are usually in the basement playing while I'm watching the football game and the Seahawks score and I jump off the couch and I go crazy and I go you know the big woo and whatever yeah. and the kids come up the stairs and they go Oh, Daddy! Did the Seahawks score? <laughs> How did you yes. know? <laughs> yes, they did. I, yeah. yeah. What makes you think that? Yeah, there's like oh, go ahead. it's so funny. Just the the you know the the parallels between you know Ravens fans and Lions fans. Like you were thinking, like oh man, like it's just short, like crap. And then all of a sudden, you're like oh my god, like it doinked and went through. And <laughs> yeah. like Lions fans are like. Oh my god, it doinked! Like, there's no way. And then it's like, oh, just utter heartbreak. (laughs) And the fact that they've done it to them twice now in their own building of 60 plus yarders. Like, if you get beat, like what was the one in the the Packers game tonight? 53, I think you said. 51, I think. 51. That's a boot. Like a 51 yard field goal is an absolute boot. And when you lose on a 51 yarder, that's heartbreaking. When you lose on a 61 and then that same guy comes back and does it again to you, but not just like more dramatic. Like how can you get more dramatic than kicking a 61 yarder into like the only spot left for like in the, the crossbar how do you how do you top that? I don't know. I'm just gonna play a little bit of crossbar and posts while I while I you know drain the life out of your fan base. Man, then, that was wild. What's more impressive for me about the um, you know Tucker sitting setting the record for the, the, with the 66 yard field goal is like I, I I don't know what the previous record was. I'm sure it was 64, or 65 or something like that. But that was, was that 63. one was probably kicked in Denver. With the right. high altitude, right? So, like, the air is a little bit thinner, a little bit easier to kick through. Um, Justin Tucker kicked a 66-yard field goal, not in Denver, and indoors. So, he didn't have wind at his back to, like, help him push it through. Like, that was all him. Yeah. And so, obviously, by that same accord, he also didn't have any wind pushing it. So... There's a little bit of both, right? There's a little bit of, okay, he didn't have any negative like wind gusts, but he by that same thing, he didn't have thin air. He didn't have the wind at his back or anything like that. So uh, I don't know if it's more impressive or less impressive, but it's 66 yards. So the other record was uh, Matt Prater, who kicked a 64-yarder in 2013. Um, so I... Th- I think I that's think that who, was it was in the, Denver. 
Yeah, it, right. but I, and I think that's who the Cardinals kicker was today. Was Matt Prater? Was it actually? I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, Google searching myself right now. Sometimes yep. you just can't make this stuff up, hey? Matthew Philip Prater is an American football place kicker for the Arizona Cardinals of the National Football League. That's so, so wild. Matt Prater, uh, you know, has the, uh, you know, he tries to break his own record with a 66 yarder, and it said he has a kick six. Oh, 60, and, uh, they went for 68. Uh, yeah, sorry, 68, 68 yards. Yeah, sorry, 68 yarder. <laughs> Uh, but instead, he has the kick six, and uh, Justin Tucker says, "How do you like me now? <laughs> How do you like me now?" <laughs> oh, that—that's so. I uh, like you can't make scripts up like that. Where you know the coach is probably looking at it, saying, "Well, you've kicked a sixty-four yarder already. You must have the leg to do it, right?" Like. I know, yeah, but I, how how long ago did he kick that sixty-four yarder in Denver? Uh, 2013. So you're right. That's eight years ago. Right? Like eight years ago, I was also much more athletic. But that would have been, I'm pretty sure I would have to look at the dates, but I would assume that would be the exact time Justin Tucker hit his 61 yarder because they only play the NFC team away every eight years, right? You play each team every four years, but you play it away every eight years. And I only know that because, you know, when Alyssa and I went on our honeymoon to watch the Seahawks play the Ravens, the last time they were in Seattle was when I, the, the, my first NFL game when me and my brother went, which was eight years previous. That was 2013. That right? was, uh, I am, I am impressed right now, Mr. Fisher. I am very impressed. I can do simple math. <laughs> That's why they pay That's me the big bucks. <laughs> That's why you're a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just just a couple other quick little notes on the Ravens game. Uh, it was pretty ugly for the majority of it. Uh, the running back struggled early on. I know uh, a guy in our our uh, one fantasy football league, Devin, he texted me asking what happened to Tyson Williams because um, obviously he had him in a different league. You have him in our league with Devin. And he only got one carry in the first half. Um, but you know what? Lamar looked really good. Um, everyone was talking about the two huge drops from Hollywood, uh, Marquise Brown. I I was looking at it from a positive standpoint. The guy was getting open. He's getting separation. And guess what? Those are just concentration drops. He's going to come back from it. Um so Lamar ends the half nine for 16 with 147 yards and a touchdown. But if Hollywood catches those, Lamar's probably at 250, three touchdowns and 11 for 16. Like, I think these are the the stats we often overlook when we're thinking about like a quarterback's productivity. Um, I was obviously looking into it because in our league, I, I have Lamar and Hollywood. So I was like, man, that was like a... Stop doing this to me. Stop <laughs> losing the game, Ravens, first. I always cheer for them to win the game first. Stop looking at me, Swan. Yeah, stop looking at me, Swan. Um, yeah, uh, other than that, um, Mark Andrews looked really good. He's been kind of quiet to start the year, but he was kind of the safety blanket that he used to be for Lamar. Um, he was sitting in those soft zones really nicely, getting those big first down catches, uh, kind of 
just being that 2019 kind of reminiscent Mark Andrews that I remember. Um, but this team obviously had a bunch of players, you know, we know our IR history, but we also had a bunch of people who were out, uh, mainly on the defensive side with, uh, the COVID-19 protocols. So hoping to get them back obviously soon, but this team needs to finish. They need to finish drives. They need to stop turning the ball over in bad situations and, whether they're, you know, you know, last week, obviously, we talked about the pick six against Tyron Matthew, but just leaving points on the board, in my opinion, is just as bad as, you know, giving them away. Not not as bad, I guess. Maybe a poor choice of words, but it, it still changes what the game should have been. Uh, so hopefully those guys come back. We don't have more COVID issues this year and just finish your drives because this game could have been out of hand uh, if they finish drives. But they pick up the win. They uh, stay tied in the AFC North. And Pittsburgh is at the bottom of the division looking up. And Ted and I giggled about that all the way to baseball today. So uh, big win in all aspects. Talk, talk about noodle arms earlier. Talk about your baseball game. Was uh, Ben Roethlisberger playing center field? Yeah, apparently. Do you have, <laughs> do you have that clip queued up? Because I could watch that on repeat all the time. Which one? Him falling over when he was like <laughs> trying to scramble and then he like, yeah. goes to throw. It and looks like there's like... a defender that just like takes his legs right out. Like he doesn't trip on anything. He doesn't. He got tripped by a ghost. He literally, it looks like somebody came out and just a ghost just ripped his feet out from under him. And I laughed and laughed and man, there's nothing funnier than watching Ben Roethlisberger eat it. One of my favorite, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite um, quotes that I saw in, in regards to his play is like, Ben Roethlisberger has the mobility of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> A it's tree that like, likes to fall. Yeah, you oh, watch this. It's like here he goes. Like, oh, oh, ah, God, no, 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 I can't, I can't handle this, guys. Like, oh, ah. like, like even I um, don't, I don't even know how that's humanly possible to be that uncoordinated and be a professional athlete. I mean, he's what? Like, we say he's oh, he's thirty-eight years old, or how, however old he is at this stage in his career. But it's just like. Then you look at a guy like Tom Brady and like just so different. I mean, they, they've played very different styles their entire careers as well. Like Roethlisberger has kind of always been like, oh, I'm like that big bruising quarterback and I can take a hit. And yeah. Brady's always been a lot smarter with, you know, protecting himself and, and you know, his longevity. Um, but it's just, yeah, you watch that. And it's just like even Terry Bradshaw, um, I think it was that half, time of the Seahawks game today or maybe before the Seahawks game started like even Terry Bradshaw was like like uh like Ben you know I love you but like you could tell even Bradshaw is thinking like it's it's time bud like it's it's time like you probably should have walked away after last season and now you're just like tarnishing your legacy yeah, and to be honest, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but if Roethlisberger would have retired with 
the last memories of him and Pouncey sitting on the bench crying their eyes out, I would have died a happy man. Uh, but just when you think it couldn't get any better, Roethlisberger goes and falls on his face trying to complete a pass, and uh, the Steelers are one and two. So who knows? Maybe there can be a better, horrible ending to Ben Roethlisberger's career going forward. Um, let, let's get a little... I know you're not looking too forward to this, but um, Eeyore is going... <laughs> there, there's the ticker. Seahawks 17, Vikings 30. Give us the rundown on them. Um, I mean, I'll start with the very few positives that I did have <laughs> written down here. Um, the first drive, I thought the Seahawks did a really good job of getting DK Metcalf uh, involved in the game early on. Um, I, I think he had like three or four catches in the, on that first drive. Plus, oh, really? Yeah, plus a touchdown. So they did a great job getting getting him involved early, and like even like the second drive, like the entire first half, they did a really good job of like hmm. I don't want to say force feeding DK, but like they he was getting open, and Russ was giving him the ball. Um, that, again, that going back to that first drive, Russell Wilson had really good patience. Uh, you know, sitting sitting in the pocket, waiting for a guy to get open, and you know made good decisions. Uh, you know, and there was a couple times where you could see him looking for that deep ball, looking for a guy to get open deep, and it wasn't there, so he checked it down. Um, which I, I don't know if you saw, but him and Pete Carroll got into it a little bit through no. the media this past week Ooh. about uh, the Seahawks, you know, overtime drive last week, and. Pete said, like, oh, like, Russ should have checked the ball down and Tyler wasn't open. And then Russ says, like, I only missed that throw by three to four inches. And um, so, yeah, so there's a little bit of trouble in paradise already, um, which I, I saw this coming. I, I said this was going to happen. I said this is this is the last year of Pete and Russ, and, and I stand by that, um, especially if what we saw today continues on for the rest of the season. Yeah. Losing all, um, losing. Isn't that like winning and losing is the great kind of propeller, whether it's the relationship, right. It, it, it yeah. is either going to keep you together or, you know, you're going to have a bad season and that's kind of, we'll go our ways after that. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I have for positive. <laughs> and I'm going to, my shirt says no yelling. I'm going to do my best. I'm really going to try. <laughs> Because, yikes, am I frustrated. I am so, so goddamn frustrated. The defense got picked apart on the, their first drive. Uh, Trey Flowers can't tackle. Uh, I mean, we all said he can't cover, which, I mean, that got proven today, too. Uh, but now he can't tackle. Uh, he got taken for a ride on that just on that first drive alone. Justin Jefferson took Trey Flowers for a ride twice. Twice. <laughs> Um, and it's just like, okay, great, cool. So Trey Flowers can't, uh, cover and he can't tackle. Fantastic. Couldn't be happier that he is still our starting cornerback and that he played the entire game. Cause I mean, why, why try somebody else there? Why look at Sidney Jones? Like we don't need to look at Sidney Jones. Like Trey Flowers is doing a good job, right? Pete, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, 
So can I interject there just by look just purely box scores? And I know it's purely box scores, so I, I'm not getting like the missed tackles. But Trey Flowers did have seven tackles today. He he was second to Jamal Adams in solo tackles. So just throwing it out there. Like he did tackle. Sure. Like <laughs> whatever. He also got taken for a ride twice, and that's like I, I, I mean, you know how I feel about Trey Flowers, and it's probably unfair that every little thing in his game I'm going to pick apart <laughs> at this point. Um, I don't give a damn if he had seven tackles this week um, because watching watching the game, he's a goddamn liability on the field, and he he needs to be sitting on the bench. I don't care. Cut him. He needs to be a free like. Send him somewhere it's else. Like send bad, him to hey. send him to the BC Lions. I don't care at this point. Like hmm. he is, he is that frustrating to watch. Um, the Seahawks defense got picked apart on screen passes, which obviously the Vikings were watching a lot of film and uh, seeing how aggressive the Seahawks defensive line is, and picked them apart on screen passes. I should have looked up the actual numbers before we jumped on here, but I'm not that smart to do those sorts of things. So uh, <laughs> I just come here to complain instead. Um, and not yell. Yeah, no yelling <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> it, it's just oh, like, again, like the Vikings, great game plan. Hey, the Seahawks are really aggressive on their D line. Hey, they send all, you know, four guys, five guys, six guys. Like let's, beat them with our screen passes. Like they're, they're edge rushers are super fast. Let's beat them with our screen passes. Like let's, let's expose their defense. And do you think the Seahawks made any adjustments on defense? No, sir. Hmm. Because Pete Carroll knows one thing and one thing only. That's Pete ball. Pete Carroll plays Pete ball and Pete Carroll does not make adjustments. He sticks to his game plan and it's getting very, very frustrating both on offense and defense. Pete's like, nope, this is what we do. This is how we play football. This is how we play football. This is what we do. This is our game plan. This is what we do. This is what we saw on film. And no better example of that than, I don't remember what quarter it was. doesn't really matter. Seahawks on the Vikings 26-yard line. Fourth down. Fourth and three. So it's like a fourth and short. And Pete... Uh, sorry, Pete Coward. He's no longer Pete Carroll. He's Pete Coward. <laughs> decides to kick a f- goddamn field goal. Like, your quarterback looks great. Your running game looks good. It's fourth and three. What's the worst that's going to happen? You get no points. Instead, you know, no, 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 let's send out our field goal kicker. Guess what? Your field goal kicker missed the kick. No points. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing I, a great job of not yelling, by the way, because oh I can I can feel I can feel the blood pressure rising right now, and you just have to keep like tapping your shirt. You're like, I got this. No yelling, no yelling, Pete. I, I'm not sure what's better, my my no yelling or my no swearing yet. So far, I'm <laughs> both uh, pretty you know, impressive. Batting 100 so far, <laughs> a thousand. But oh, like that point when he decided on fourth and three from the Vikings 26 yard line to not go for it, which has been a huge, huge problem with 
Pete Carroll and the Seahawks offense for a number of years, probably the last 10 years. Um, the Seahawks didn't score any more points after that, after that mm. point, the entire like demoralizing game sh- thing. Yeah. The entire game shifted from that point forward. And like, you know, your defense isn't stopping a, a thing today. Like your defense was bad. You need as many points as you can get. Yeah. You have Russell Wilson as your quarterback. Why are you not going for it on those fourth and short plays? To I mean, all you need is three yards. Three yards to get a first down. It's not like you need a touchdown in this moment. It's not like it's like fourth and goal or, you know, there's like, no, it's fourth and three. Go for the first down at least. Yeah. Like be a ag- be aggressive. Be be aggressive. Michaela M- M- and I were talking about this last week. It's like it's like, you know, like, oh, bring it. I know that one. That's from Bring It On. Like, you know, fun fact. Chris saw that movie in theaters. Like, you know, <laughs> be aggressive. Be be aggressive. Pete Carroll needs to go watch Bring It On. He needs to go like burr. It's cold in here. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. Like, Pete, like, figure it out, man. Like, go steal somebody else's playbook. Just like uh, the, the girls in Bring It On did. They went and stole someone else's uh, cheer routine. Go do that. I don't care. Like, just, like. Do do something different. Do something different. Exactly. The, Thank you. The def- So I was, I was going to bring up the fact that I actually do like it when coaches stick to their game plan. And they don't deviate from what makes them, you know, their best version of themselves. With that being said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Like if it's not working, you have to play that, you know, okay, say running is a big part of your game. Don't abandon the run, but maybe add in a couple extra, you know, RPOs or whether it's bootlegs or you know, check down pass, whatever it is, you got to diversify a little bit to keep defenses honest and on their toes. So yeah, that that's a tough one, dude. Yeah, it was, it was a frustrating game to watch. It was one of those games where like, I think before the fourth quarter, I was like, it's like, Oh, like it's hot in my house. Like just find an excuse to go upstairs and take my Jersey off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, like I need to go change because it's hot in here. So like, yeah, I, I like fourth quarter, took my jersey off. Like before the game even ended, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like I got up, started preparing dinner. Like it was just, it was one of those games. And then like, so at last point on the Seahawks and, and my frustration, um, you know, last week it was Russ and Pete going af- after each other in the media. This week it's Pete and the DBs. Uh-oh. Uh, so yeah, so post-game media. Uh, Pete says the cornerback play was soft today. <laughs> yeah, Oof. right. <laughs> yeah, like yikes! Like, did choose you your words better. Soft? Which, again, is that not on you? Is that not on you for game plan or for not switching out your personnel? Like, maybe try some something different. Maybe try Press pulling coverage. Trey Flowers out of the game. Like, just, just again, like, like you just said, try the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Try something different. Also, if you thought your DBs were playing soft, get them in the mix of things. 
go make them put both corners on press coverage. Get them get them bumping the receivers, get them physical with it, somehow get them involved with that. But no, Ken Norton Jr.'s uh, game plan for the DBs and has been for the last five years. I'm sure I complained about this last week too because <laughs> it's my dad's number one uh, complaint with the DBs is, no, let's play five yards, ten yards off, off the uh, wide receiver and give them every single underneath route they can possibly run. Let's yeah. give them a free five yards every time, plus whatever yak they get after the after the fact. So, anyways, Pete says that that his DBs are playing soft, and now uh, DJ Reed and Trey Flowers both came out and questioned the scheme Ooh. and the scheme of the defense. And uh, Trey Flowers went so far as to say, like, um, you know we're not even quite sure how to defend certain passes and who's supposed to be where. And like, Whoa. I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. Like what is going on? Like things are imploding <laughs> fast. And like Trey flowers is like, you know, like it's, it's a scheme problem. Like, you know, like as, as good as I play, like y'all expect me to, to be Richard Sherman. Like, no, we don't. We expect you to be good. Like we expect you to be good though. Yeah. And so far you haven't, but like, when you see a guy question the scheme and then go so far as to say, like, we don't even know how to defend certain passes. Like who do you point the finger at there? Do you point the finger right. at Trey flowers for not watching enough film, which he said he, he did say he needs to watch more film, but like, is he in the wrong for not practicing properly for not uh, watching enough film? Is it on Ken Norton jr. And Pete Carroll for not coaching their player? Like who's to blame here? And I feel like we're going to be playing the the blame game for the rest of the week leading up to, I think they play the 49ers next week. I I don't really know. I don't, I haven't even looked that far ahead because I'm I think so they fresh. play the Niners and then the Rams, don't they? And then they have the, the Rams on Thursday night is I right. think what it is. Yeah. That's a so tough like, next two games. Wow. Two and like super important games. Like you have to win those games to not only stay competitive within your own division, but stay competitive in the conference and to possibly complete compete for a wildcard position. So it's just, yeah, these, these last two weeks um, in Seattle, I mean, Christ, like the Vikings were playing Alexander Madison and he chewed them up for over, I think it was like 150 plus yards, uh, all purpose yards today. And it's just like, He's not even Derrick Henry and he's destroying you guys. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> caught save. myself, Steve. I caught myself. Good save. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's it, it, it's frustrating. Um, very frustrating. But it's, I mean, hopefully they can get through it. Hopefully they can battle. And, and uh, all you can hope for is, uh, you know, sunny skies from here on out. So. Right. And with them having two tough games coming up next, obviously when you're struggling, it's one of those things where you look at it and say, you know, yikes, we have to go play the Niners, play the Rams. But at the, that, by that same logic, you get two division opponents that you could make a big splash in. If you come in, uh, you know, maybe study some film and change your scheme around again, I guess. I guess. Yeah. 
Um, let's shift gears a little bit here because I feel like Chris is a little too angry. And I know that if there's one thing that makes Chris happy on this show, it's his baby, his segment, your favorite segment of the week. Uh, the third down, what do you have for us today? Or yeah, this week today, Chris? No, when you say your favorite segment, are you talking about me or are you talking about the people? Because it's Both. everybody's Both. favorite segment Both. of the week. Yours, yeah, but- everybody. And yours. Right. I'm included in that. Our yeah. favorite segment. Everybody's favorite segment <laughs> on the Ballhawks <laughs> podcast uh, <laughs> is, of course, the third down segment. Um, like Steve said, I'm I'm a little grumpy this week. Um, I, I do have to quickly um, eat a little bit of crow because Jake Vogel, of course, called me out on this last week. Oh, right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Steve, like, top villains in movies, but I'm not including superhero movies. And then my very first matchup, I include Syndrome from The Incredibles, which I guess technically is a superhero movie. And I I see you kind of being like, "Eh, like, is it really? And like, that's how I feel too. I'm like, is like, like, I guess, like, when I think of superhero movies, I'm thinking of like your traditionals, your your traditional, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider Man, etc. Like, right? You know, that's how I incredible. interpreted it. Also, yeah, okay. Maybe it's so, like a Canada U.S. thing. So I'm I'm in the clear here, and uh, Jake Vogel <laughs> was wrong, and not me. <laughs> I cannot wait for him to be listening to this tomorrow and be like. <laughs> on the tweeter machine right away just lighting you up i cannot yeah. wait to see that tomorrow morning all love of course yeah. jake and i really appreciate you calling out calling me out on my crap as <laughs> i said on twitter um thank you for calling me out on my crap because uh I, I guess in the big picture you are right and i was wrong um but don't tell my wife i ever 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 said those words <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like i don't believe uh, you. he always says right. <laughs> yeah anyways third down here i've got a couple matchups for steve uh of course for any of you new viewers uh, i give him some head-to-head matchups steve picks his winner uh at the end of it he has to pick his overall mvp uh this week i mean we uh i mean anytime we go into movies which movies are the easiest thing to do third down on but it's the hardest thing on the ball Hawks podcast <laughs> because I have a partner that's never seen a goddamn movie in his life. Um, I mean, the guys haven't seen die hard of all things. Like, I mean, Steve, you don't have to watch it at Christmas time. You can watch it anytime you want. I, I, I promise. Um, Me. <laughs> I, I figure this week I would go back to our safety net and that safety net is of course, every week uh, going to be food. Right. Um, Steve likes to eat. I like I to, eat. to eat. I mean, if you could see me under this shirt, you'd be like, yeah, Chris likes to eat. Uh, <laughs> By the way, go vote for Chris on the best dad bod. Yeah, uh, legendary dad bod. Legendary uh, dad bod. Thank you, Steve, for that shout out. Well, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I've been working a for out? a very, very long time for this dad bod. And uh, it, it, in my mind, pretty, pretty legendary. Yeah. So anyway, Steve, uh, this week I would thought I would go with the best Appies on third down. Now I struggled with this because like 
there's your at home appies. So it's like the at home appies, like, you know, your veggie trays, your, maybe your fruit trays, things like that. Um, <laughs> well, like, okay. You, you don't go to a restaurant and get veggies and dip. Okay. I also don't, don't. I also don't go to my house and get veggies and dip. That's why I gave. Yeah, you the but weird you, look. you go to somebody's house for like a super old party. There's going to be veggies and dip. <laughs> Never seen it. Maybe I'm avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I have these blinders on for vegetables when I go to these super old parties, and I just see the meat, and I want all the meat. Give Anyways, me meat. I stuck with kind of the uh, more traditional. Uh, I guess to call them restaurant appies. I mean, they're at home appies too. I, I've made almost all of these at home uh anyways uh the battle of the appetizers steve are you ready i'm ready let's do it third down all right let's do it uh first matchup i have the classic deep fried mozzarella stick versus bacon wrapped jalapenos Ooh. Which like those are usually like the jalapenos are filled in with cream cheese. They're wrapped in bacon. They're crispy, a little spicy. See, this is the best part of doing a food one is I've never actually had that. I've seen it before, but I can also just because I've eaten food before, I can envision what it might taste like. Um, to be honest, and this might get me a bunch of flack on Twitter, but bring it on. Bacon wrap things very overrated very very overrated to just wrap something in bacon and be like oh it's so much better because it has bacon on it i don't know if i agree with that at all um with that being said that does sound like a nice mix of flavors you get a little spicy you get a little bit of uh saltiness but then you also you said cream cheese in there so you get that like sweet balance but I'm still going with mozzarella sticks because cheese is a staple in my house and it might as well be on everything I eat. Mozzarella sticks. I mean, how do you go wrong with deep fried cheese? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it, there's it, cheese. Let's make it worse for you. I'm all yeah. in for that. <laughs> hey, here's some cheese. But we're going to dip it in some batter. We're going <laughs> to deep fry that bitch and make it all melty. And then you're going to dip it in some marinara sauce. Yeah, I was going like, to say, there's got to be dip involved in that, too. But, like, don't worry, guys. It's not that good. Like, Heart yeah. healthy. <laughs> I mean, have you had a jalapeno popper before? Yeah, I've had those before. So the the bacon-wrapped jalapenos are kind of the same idea, but, like, without the, the, the batter. The breading, yeah. And cut in half. I see. Yeah, so same idea, but, like, cut in half, wrapped in, ba- in bacon instead of breading i wouldn't say your take on like things wrapped in bacon are like or overrated it's just like if your food was good to begin with do you really have to wrap it in bacon right there's a time and place for bacon and bacon can enhance the flavor of a lot of things i'm a huge like uh saltier foods are are more of my go-to but yeah, I, I agree. You just don't need to wrap everything in bacon. And I I guarantee we are in the minority with oh, that take. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Bacon is good at... I keep doing this. And I'm like, wait, I can't see my hand. Bacon... <laughs> 
<laughs> I swear I'm holding my hand up, but I can't see I it. I can't podcast unless I can see my hand in my screen. I just, I just don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> but bacon is good. Breakfast. Bacon. Yeah. Sure. It's good. It is superior over sausage. Yeah. 100%. Bacon is good on burgers. Yeah. Yep. It's not necessary, but it's good. Yeah. Won't hear me complain about bacon on burgers. Bacon is good. Okay. I don't know if you do this, but when I make a, a, a turkey, I always put a few strips of uh, bacon on top of the turkey just to add like a little bit of like extra like fat and things like that and flavor when you're basting the turkey. Um, plus also you peel that turkey off or you peel that bacon off when you uh, like when you lift the lid off to brown the turkey and you peel that bacon off and you eat it. And, oh man. <laughs> so good. Um, those are my three applications of bacon that I will say are superior um, wrapping your jalapenos, wrapping your, what is it? Scallops, your whatever else in bacon. Like you're just doing that because you're like, Hey everybody, we have bacon. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, next matchup. I have the spinach artichoke dip, which spinach artichoke dip, three cheese, spinach dip, like whatever kind of like, that hot variation of it yeah hot cheesy spinach type dip with like either tortilla chips or pita chips or or whatever your you know preferred dip method is uh versus bruschetta Ooh, i feel like these are two very underrated ones like absolutely bruschetta is so plain and simple in you know, it's ingredient. There's not that much into the ingredients of it, uh, but all put together, just amazing. And you can do it, you know, with a, a soft kind of piece of bread, or you can do it with a chip, or um, yeah, there's tons of different applications for that. Um, my, I guess, if you want to call it like hot dip, kind of go to is spinach and artichoke dip. Yeah. Like that's got, um, I feel like you can do more with like a spinach and artichoke variation. So I would lean towards that. I, I, I don't know if you can go wrong with this one, though. Like <laughs> They're classics. both fantastic. And, and uh, I, I won't disagree. They're both super underrated picks, right? Like the, the spinach and artichoke dip, like you can throw a little bit of hot sauce in there. Or like you can like kind of like, like you said, there's a lot of varieties you can do. Whereas like the bruschetta, it's like. It's your tomatoes, it's your onions, your cilantro on a piece of bread. Isn't there garlic which, in it too? With some balsamic, yeah. um, which is, I mean, again, you you can't go wrong. Like it, it's so so good. I I actually um, both of these uh, appetizers are a huge huge hit in the Phillips household, um, which I don't think I ate either one until I met my wife. Really? Um, Fun fact, Nadine <laughs> loves tomatoes. Like, as much as I, I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen the Twitter discord. Um, I hate tomatoes. I love ketchup. <laughs> Ketchup's fantastic. Tomato soup, not bad. Um, tomatoes, no. Hmm. 
no thank you like cherry tomatoes nope Cher- oh. grape tomatoes absolutely not tomato oh on its own no way i'll put a tomato on like a sandwich or like a burger um but i you'll never catch me eating tomatoes on their own whereas like nadine loves tomatoes she'll like cut a piece of tomato put some salt and pepper on there and like mm, tomatoes i'm like you're crazy lady yeah. I, w- I wouldn't go as far to say i like tomatoes like that uh my brother used to do that where you just take tomatoes and put salt on it and and hammer back a bunch of those i it's a little too acidic for me like i can have a couple and then i'm kind of done with it but yeah obviously you've seen the the yearly pictures me and yeah. my daughter do um the first year obviously she was less than a year old and she's got this tomato that's pretty much the size of her head and there's me my wife my mother-in-law and my wife is holding our daughter and we're kind of just all talking outside on their deck and all of a sudden we kind of all look over and half of this giant tomato is just gone and she's just so casually nonchalantly just destroying a tomato that's the size of her head and we're all like in disbelief that she has just hammered this whole tomato back so every year the same day we get a tomato together and she has to take her tomato picture and it's probably one of the cutest things um yeah it's awesome i i i I, i've seen those photos obviously every year we we've known each other for for quite some time not just you know all of a sudden like met (laughs) met this guy on the street and like hey let's do a podcast (laughs) um i love seeing those photos of your daughter uh you know taking the, the the big bite out of the tomato um but deep down inside i'm like oh that's gross yeah even i can't do that i look at it i'm like okay like good for you you like it but not my thing yeah absolutely not um what's your pick here is it the artichoke artichoke dip yeah okay yeah Yeah. that's what i thought that's what i thought when you're like my go-to is is this and um a couple more here um another one of the not my favorites favorite of mrs phillips <laughs> potato skins i'm not they have to be just right there there can't be too much potato in them or they're dry and disgusting um or guac and chips oh darn just when i thought i knew my answer um potatoes are amazing and if Ted's listening to this, they are the superior starch. And you're absolutely <laughs> insane if you think rice is better than potatoes. Um, potatoes have way more versatility. And one of those versatilities is potato skins. Uh, fun fact for you, since you're in the fun fact train today. Um, this is one of those places where I really do like bacon. You know, a little bit of sour cream or, you know, some melted cheese, chives and bacon is really good on that. But guac is, call me a hipster, I don't know what you want to call me, but um, I I eat a lot of avocados, and uh, guac is just kind of that next level up on it. Um, super easy to make. You can do kind of a lot of things with it, but just sitting around, you know, on super sunny day on the porch, having some chips in, in guac, cannot beat that. So that's definitely my pick. Um, okay. Well, fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) I actually never ate guacamole until, uh, I think it was 
before we got married, Nadine and I went down to Cabo uh, with, with her family. And we got some, we went out to, we went out one night anyways. We went to, uh, it was called Cabo Wabo in Cabo. Uh, we, we got some nachos, a couple of drinks, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, they messed up our order like three times. We're like, hey, we want some nachos, but like, can you put beef on them? They bring us their nachos, no beef on them. All right, send them back. Okay, but like, and then they bring them the next time. It's like, okay, but there's still olives on them. We don't want olives. Send them back. And then I think the third time, I, I can't remember what the third time was and whatever it was, um, send them back. So anyways, the fourth time, they, they finally, think they, <laughs> they perfect our nachos. They get everything right. And they're like, we're really, really sorry for all of these mistakes that we made. Like, please accept this free order of guacamole uh as our apology i'm like well like it's free so like of course i'm going to try it because it's free like if i don't like it i'm not going to eat it right and if i like it free great greatest still to this day best guacamole i've ever had in my entire life um but to this day the reason why i eat avocado guacamole anything like that is because of that trip in mexico back in i don't know 2011 2012 whatever it was so that's my uh my fun fact with guacamole uh last matchup we have here um i I guess maybe the heavyweight matchup uh the dry rib versus the chicken wing I love how you're looking to me for like my instant reactions to see which way I'll go with this. <laughs> I, I can see you give me like the, the old side. eye, like, okay, like what is it actually? Chris? Just trying to throw you off on certain things. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest. This is not even remotely close to my heavyweight matchup, by the way. Um, chicken wings. I've said it publicly on Twitter, so I, I guess I can also say it publicly here. I think are a bit overrated. And the reason why is it's a lot of work for a little meat. And if there's one appetizer worse in that category, it's dry ribs. Uh, both can be done very well. Dry ribs have to have like the, the perfect amount of uh, salt on them to make them, you know, in that heavyweight category or something I even want to eat. Um, I guess for me, this one's like the lesser of two evils. Like I have literally never ordered chicken wings when it wasn't like a wing Wednesday. And I'm only ordering wing Wednesday because they're so cheap and because everyone else is doing it. Like if there was a second option on wing Wednesday, like, you know, or you could just have like fries on wing Wednesday. I would go with the fries instead of chicken wings. Uh... With that said, the chicken wings, there's just so many options for, you know, do you want like a saucy kind of one? Like, you know, a, I'm not I'm trying to think of one like a teriyaki or barbecue or whatever, honey, garlic, or you could do kind of like the drier ones, like a salt and pepper. Um, so I'll go with chicken wings, but only because they're against a very, very bad opponent. OK, yeah. yeah. And all right, if if you want good dry ribs, uh, tonics downtown. Okay, really good dry ribs. Uh, wings. It's been a long time since I've gone out for wings. Brant's Creek has really good wings, but yep. again, 
I have kids <laughs> years ago. They, they might still be good. I don't know. <laughs> really quick before I get into your MVP, where do you stand on nachos? Are nachos an appetizer or are they a meal? Because Ooh. when I order nachos, I split them with my wife and that's my meal. We make it like a side Ooh. of like wings to go with it, but nachos are my meal. So are they an appy or are they a meal? I mean, if you had an appy sized portion of it, it would be an appy. But most people, when you get nachos where you're like, I just feel like nachos for dinner, uh, you get like the huge tray of them or like the double order or whatever. So I guess I still kind of consider them an appy. I've never seen an appy sized order of nachos. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good point. Maybe. I don't know. New poll question. (laughs) Right, like they're always on the appy, like they're always on like the starter uh, portion of the menu or the appetizer portion of the menu. But I'm like, I look at that, I'm like, nachos are not a goddamn appetizer. Like that's my meal. Like I'm splitting an order of nachos with my wife. I'm not ordering a burger or a steak sandwich after after that. Like I'm eating nachos, and that's my dinner tonight. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I guess it would be like. I guess it's like technically an appy because it's so simple and most people don't have it for dinner. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, if if uh, I'm trying to think of any time I've ever seen nachos that were not like dinner size portions. Exactly. Um, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they are a meal. In my household, nachos are for dinner because I, I guarantee the first see a uh, I say the first Seahawks primetime game. I probably won't do it for the Thursday nighter. Uh, the first Seahawks game that's on like a Sunday night, I'll make nachos for dinner hmm. for hundred percent. You're invited. Come on over. Let's have some nachos. Love to have um, nachos. Your winners and let's hear your MVP: mozzarella sticks, chicken wings, spinach artichoke dip, guac and chips. MVP Steve, let's hear it. Man, now that like now that I'm hearing those back, there's that's a tough choice. I'm going with guac and chips. It's I easy. Think it's oh simple. It's just like, yeah. Did, I think did we, we just become best just friends? broken some ground here. <laughs> I might give you the first down for that one because like guac and chips, it is. You can eat that anytime. I don't give it anytime. The, the middle of summer or the middle of December. Yep. I want guac, guac and chips because it's so goddamn delicious and it can go with anything. So, Steve, I'll give you a fourth in inches. Oh, was, <laughs> I'm calling the I'm, I'm throwing the red flag here. I wish I had something red. I was going to throw it at the screen right now. Challenge, challenge the spot. I'm challenging the spot on that. Like, I'm never going to get closer to a first down than that. <laughs> probably not you're unless, right unless like the third down is like beer flavors in which you're like i'm just in such a good mood from talking beer that uh you know what i'm gonna give it to you i've drank so many beers tonight <laughs> i'm gonna give it to you but <laughs> oh that's good yeah n- next time like i said though uh ne- next time i i make nachos i will invite the fisher family over uh maybe i'll make some guacamole and uh we'll watch some football eat some nachos and thousand islands then no <laughs> i i i only say that because i don't want to mess it up i i only right. want to try that 
in like I want to try that for the first time through Michaela because I don't want to mess it up. Um, I'll make my my standard nachos, and then we'll go our separate ways, separate <laughs> ways in podcast. I guess <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the mailbag. And ironically enough, our first question does come from Michaela's, uh, M- Michaela. The blah, 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 blah. Uh, Michaela. So at Michaela Mattis, if you guys haven't seen, uh, go check out her new podcast, which uh, ep- her episode one just launched last week, uh, PNW Showdown. Uh, she got Marcus Trufant on for a little interview and it was, it was really cool. She, she, she picked his brain pretty nicely about some kind of little technical questions that you would want to hear from somebody who's actually done it, uh, themselves. So go check out her stuff. Her question for Chris, I think he answered it, but just to get Eeyore back onto the show, uh, why won't the Seahawks put in another CB or put in other CBs when it's obvious Trey Flowers is not the answer. And I just had to read it like that because there is a question on the teleprompter for this one. Uh, are backups that bad? Let's bring in Pete Coward and ask him uh, what the reason is behind that. Um, your guess is as good as mine, Michaela. Um, I mean, it's not just you or I who are screaming for the Seahawks to bench Trey Flowers. Um, I think all of Seahawks Twitter wants to see a change there and wants to see someone different. I'm not saying Sidney Jones is going to be better in that position, but let's see. Let's find out it, right. what harm is there in finding out and putting him in that position or or move DJ Reed back over to the right side and have Sidney Jones play on the left side. I don't know. Um Something needs to happen. They need to look at everything. They need to make a change. It sounds like Pete is finally reaching that point where he agrees. Um, so let's see what happens in practice this next week and how they come out against the 49ers uh, next Sunday. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, the definition of insanity, right? Trying the yep. same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So yeah, try try something. Go, go for it. Like your current trajectory is a one and two so it like you said it can't get any worse uh give something a try our next question comes from our buddy ted at t-e-e-3-r-e-e i still don't know why he actually has that name but um (laughs) is there a worse lineman in the league than jermaine ifedi i'm not sure wilson would disagree but poor justin fields is already running for his life Man, did Justin Fields get annihilated today? What he got sacked? What nine times? Was it today? nine sacks? Something like that. And I um, think uh, I think what was it? Um, someone had four and a half today. That was I, Miles Garrett. I mean, I guess Garrett. I would. Just, oh yeah, it was Garrett. Uh, four and a half sacks. Hit, like four and a half sacks. Now, yeah. now he's back in the conversation with Chandler Jones. Yeah. Um, so just to give some backstory on that, I tweeted this earlier today, Jermaine Effetti trying to get Justin Fields killed guy (laughs) couldn't block his way out of a wet paper bag, let alone going one-on-one with a defender. (laughs) Um, so that was right after Effetti got just 
dummied by Tack McKinley, and Justin Fields took a sack. Uh, Jermaine Defetti, I don't know if there's a worse offensive lineman in the league. I'm sure there probably is. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I also tweeted today that Jermaine Effetti is the reason why Russell Wilson is sick of being hit so much, and he doesn't <laughs> even play in Seattle anymore. So <laughs> It's just like, yeah, yeah. shell shock. So, I mean, Effetti was a reach in the first round when the Seattle Seahawks picked him, and everybody knew, knew that at the time. Um, plugging him in at the right tackle position didn't – help anything um and now he's getting his new quarterback uh annihilated so yikes um part of that blame i'm gonna place on matt nagy he's a bad coach anyways next question uh this one comes from (laughs) ryan hank at always 94 and uh oh ryan you're gonna just get torched right now i love you ryan you're a great person. So a little backstory with this really quickly is Chris and I are uh, teaming up with Ted and Ryan, the boys from the PP one podcast to do a fantasy football segment show called that helps no one. Uh, you can find us. Uh, what, what time are we? Is it eight, eight o'clock on no nine o'clock on Tuesdays. So nine o'clock, nine o'clock yeah. uh, Pacific time Tuesdays. We'll tweet that out. We'd love to have you guys join us there, but Essentially, we were all picking our must starts for the week. And we were all like myself, Chris and Ted were all thinking, you know what? We should kind of pick a a player that's, you know, not your Christian McCaffrey's, not, your, you know, the guys that you're just starting every single week. And Ryan says, I'm picking Najee Harris to talk about. And I was like, really? That's like your you're imparting wisdom into this show. And so his, anyways, long story short, short story long, whatever you want to call it. His question is, would you start Najee Harris in all your leagues immediately? Uh, yeah, dummy. If you haven't been starting him in your leagues, what are you doing? Like, are you implying that we haven't been starting Najee Harris? If you have him, like, I don't know. So uh, we, we were going to talk about Najee, who had like a really, really wild day for the Steelers. He was their one bright spot in everything catastrophic that was going down there. And it kind of it kind of hints at the fact that Ben's arm is cooked. Najee had 14 receptions for 102 yards, and he was targeted 19 times. That dude is a weapon. So, yes, Ryan, if you haven't been starting Najee Harris for his 19 targets, uh, especially if you're in a PPR league, you should definitely be starting Najee Harris uh, here now. Steve is right. Suck it, Ryan, is rolling on the ticker. (laughs) Oh, I hope Ryan, like... I don't see him in the comments, so maybe he got upset and left. Uh, but if he is, haha. Yeah. S- Steve is right. Yeah. Suck it, Ryan. Suck it, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's all we have for the mailbag. Uh, again, crazy, crazy week in the NFL here. 
special teams was just on fire today. We had records broken. Uh, Steve lost another year off of his life. Uh, if the Ravens could just have a blowout win next week, so, you know, my blood pressure and heart is not racing, you know, for the next few days, I would really appreciate that. Uh, but you know what? A win's a win. I'll take a win anytime and lose a year off my life, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Daddy's losing <laughs> life because he likes the Ravens. Football's and more important. That's right. Yeah. And uh, as always here, Chris, I am going to leave you with the final words of wisdom for our viewers. Uh, really quick before I sign off here, I did get a text message from uh, our resident Titans fan, Mr. Christian at Holy oh, Cola. Uh, he said, Steve's opinion of wings is very Ravens-like. Anno- annoying. <laughs> <laughs> love from a Titans fan. I love how he um, always like signs off as love Christian. <laughs> yeah. So that that's from Christian. He said that uh, you know obviously your your take on wings is wrong. Um, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with Christian. I love chicken wings. I don't care how much work they are for how little meat they are. They're delicious. Um, anyways, guys, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you know, whether you joined us live, whether you're listening to the podcast version, uh, you know, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Um, you know, please reach out to us, uh, connect with us on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. You can reach me, Chris at Phillips, Chris 12, Steve, of course, at SS Fisher eight, seven. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating, a review. Um, you know, I said it last week. I'll say it again because I don't think we got any uh, r- review since. Uh, it's been a while, guys. We haven't seen too many ratings on uh, on Apple Podcast, so I would love to see some ratings. Of course, five stars only. Uh, we don't <laughs> see, want want to see any any more one star reviews uh, from Stevens students. Uh, <laughs> we are, of course, proud to be a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, you know, very, very happy and, and honored to be a part of that network and, you know, large network of, of very talented people. And, uh, you know, they have agreed to allow us bozos to be a part of their <laughs> uh, uh, of their community. Um, so very thankful to be with those guys. Um, you can also catch us if you didn't catch us last Tuesday. You can catch us every Tuesday night. We will be streaming live with uh, Ted and Ryan from the PP1 podcast. We're doing a fantasy football uh, live show, half hour long show every Tuesday night, nine o'clock. It's called That Helps No One. So be sure to tu- tune in to that show also. And as always, guys, uh, I say it every week. Um, first of all, love the Ballhawks. Uh, love this podcast. Love Steve. And as always, guys, it, it, I struggle saying this it, this week. Go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.